Hello and welcome back to the Don't Read Into It podcast, the only podcast that your dog listens to religiously. Thank you, Rover. It is a sports episode today. Oh man, and there's a whole lot of sports to talk about, so let's jump right in. Whew. All right. March Madness is the obvious sporting event this March, since it is March, and I think this is my first episode in March. Watch, I can't even remember my own episode, so I think this is the first episode in March. Uh, might be the only episode in March, the way things have been going. We'll get more on that later, but I wanted to talk about my bracket a little bit. Um, as always, I do the uh, bracket challenge with my parents. We do it on paper. We're not, we're not like the Zoomers out here. That, that do it online. I do have my online bracket, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, the one that means the most to me is the one I do with my family. So in that bracket is the one I'm going to be talking about today. Um, the left side has been fantastic. The right side has not. Uh, St. Pete, <clears throat> excuse me, St. Peter's, is it Peter's? Yeah, St. Peter's making their run has really hurt me. Uh, they have two wins, which is rather unfortunate. Uh, Notre Dame beating Alabama was another one that, that didn't help my bracket. Uh, and that's just the left side. On the right side, it's it's a cluster mess. Like I, I got seven of the eight Sweet 16s correct on the left side, but on the right side, uh, I only got uh, three of the eight correct because uh, Seton Hall lost... Um, UAB lost, uh, Loyola Chicago lost, and Iowa lost, and LSU lost, and USC lost. So uh, to begin with, after the first round, my uh, my bracket was not looking great because I, I am a conference USA rider. I, I wanted to ride with the Blazers of UAB. Uh, they they didn't do that for me. They did not win two rounds like I expected them to. But Houston sure did. They're going to face against Arizona here in the, I think that one's tonight, actually. The the Sweet 16, and depending on when you're listening, today is the 24th of March, so depending on when you're listening to, the Sweet 16 games are today, and then the 25th, which is tomorrow, um, those are uh, tomorrow. I, I think today's the right side of the bracket, though. I might have to double check that because I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, they play Arizona uh, Houston does. I have Arizona winning that one. And just getting into my Elite Eight. My Final Four and Elite Eight are, well, other than Auburn, are, are still intact here. So uh, my, my Elite Eight is Arizona, Kansas, Purdue, UCLA, Texas Tech, Gonzaga. Obviously had Auburn there. Final Four, Tech, Arizona, UCLA, and Kansas. My championship is Kansas versus Texas Tech, in which I have Kansas winning. You know, I, I think that you know, Texas Tech is too big. Well, not too big, but too powerful for Duke. I, I, a lot of people, including both of my parents, would love to see that storybook ending for Coach uh, Shaseski, but I just don't see it happening against Tech. Um, I, I'll have to double-check when that game is. So, double-check for Tech. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in my Final Four. If Tech loses, then I'm kind of, in the words of a... Uh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, never mind. But uh, Final Four, uh, Kansas winning. I think the Big 12 has obviously been the strong, strongest conference in the uh, in the country this season for college basketball, men and women's. Uh, well, maybe not women's, but well, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a debate to be had for women. But men's, I don't think there's any debate. The, the Big 12 was really just a gauntlet. Uh, each team that the Big 12 had moved on to the next round, so... 
I think that's indicative of how the conference was because they they weren't respected a lot in the top twenty five, but the teams that were there were were or in the tournament proved why they should have been there. I mean, even Texas Christian. I hate Texas Christian. So, you know, March Madness. They don't call it March Madness for nothing, you know. Uh, I'd hate to have a perfect bracket one season. Like, I say that, obviously I'd be excited and stuff, but if I had a perfect bracket, I'd be a little disappointed because the upsets are what makes the tournament fun. Even if they're upsets you didn't predict, it's still fun to watch. Uh, I believe it was uh, Murray State versus San Francisco, which was a really exciting game. Just trading threes. No defense to be had. It was a fun game to watch. But in the middle of all of this March madnessing and the madness of March, I have been continuing my loyal job to uh, beat writing softball for the North Texas Daily, which is something I didn't have to do, but I chose to do because I like softball and I, well, I like baseball. And then, you know, softball's the closest thing we have to, to UNT here. And I've grown to really, really enjoy covering softball. Uh, they're fun interviews, they're fun viewing, and, and North Texas has a good softball team, uh, objectively, so I'm not, you know, disrespecting my job or being biased in saying that. I mean, the team has, under their new coach, I'm not going to say names on here, but under their new coach, um, well, I say new, this is his, I think, fourth season now, but They've found success, and, you know, I, it's nice that I've been, like, a part of that success. Not a part of it, as in, like, playing or, or contributing anything other than coverage to it. But it's kind of nice to cover the team's historic things. Like, I can say that Hope Trout went through a 20, I always say 27 because I'm thinking baseball, but 21 strikeout perfect game. That's incredible. Um, really something. So... That was a fun one to cover. I remember writing that brief on that. My former bat, my former bat, my former boss, Matt, really wanted to get a brief on that. I was at a Ranger game, but I was able to get a brief on that in time. So, you know, it's just kind of things like that that make it kind of enchanting and fun for me. But with the um, fun parts of it, there's also the unfun parts of it. I always sit outside for softball. You see, in football and Obviously, in basketball, it's indoor. Uh, in the press box at the football games, is indoor. So I didn't really have to get exposed to the outside very much. But for softball, there is a press box. It's too small to fit me in it. So there's a press, like, table. And so I'm sitting outside in front of the press box. I'm like, what, what essentially is a, a big bleacher? And a, bi- a really wide bleacher serves as the, uh, serves as, as like, the, the desk. So... My papers are always blowing. I try to position my bag to where it like, won't blow my paper all around, but it's kind of hard to do that. And I hate being cold. So my least favorite thing is being cold. When I'm cold, I cannot speak very well, and I'm kind of quiet. So when I interview players and stuff after games when it's cold, I sound like an absolute jackass because I'll be like, okay, well, that's a good game. And I'm, not, I'm just not really thinking straight because I'm cold. And it's not like I'm not dressing for the occasion, but, like, it's been abnormally cold in the last uh, two years in Texas, especially in the in the winter and, and early spring. And so we're here in the early spring. I think the change is finally about to happen where, you know, it starts getting a little cooler, but it's more a little hotter, I mean. It's been real, real cold. And so I've, I've just been, like, freezing my ass off at these soccer games, or soccer games. I'm thinking of my sister when she played high school soccer. I used to go to those and freeze my ass off. That's why I'm saying that. But at these softball games and, you know, 
I, I'm afraid it's hurting my laptop and stuff because it's so cold, but it has been getting more warm. But with the spring season, it has also gotten a little bit more windy, which has not helped my, uh, my writing at all. In fact, it, it's been a minor inconvenience for me this season, more than others, it feels. So that's kind of where my softball coverage is right now. Uh, I've covered like every series of the year so far, been to every home game, which is not something that I'm like bragging about because it's kind of just something that I should be doing anyway because it is my job technically so yeah you know and in regards to softball I don't, I don't know if any of the players actually know who I am like I feel like I could interview all of them and they would have zero idea who I was which is not sad because I'm not like I'm not I'm not like doing it to get recognized by players but it is kind of funny that I, I'm not gonna of course name any names but I interviewed a, a softball player in the fall and in that time it took a little bit you know to interview again because in fall ball which is like a preseason softball season basically they fall season but they call it fall ball capitalized fb fall ball and i interviewed a uh, player that i had interviewed in the fall i interviewed her again in the spring like on the first day of uh, them returning back to practice and the first media media availability of the season, I showed up, and the SID was like, "This is this is Reed Smith," and she's like, "Hi, nice to meet you," and I'm like, "Oh, that kind." Of <laughs> it was kind of like, "Well, damn, ouch," because I, I'm not I'm not like salty or anything or like mad or anything, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's like. Oh man, this person had met me before, and then I was just kind of thinking I was like unmemorable or something, kind of jokingly, like with my friends. I was saying just like I'm an unmemorable person, but uh, I I, th- I doubt that um, anything that a D1 athlete thinks of is a uh, Reed Smith for the North Texas Daily. So <laughs> it's unrealistic to think that they know or or care about who I am. But on that same bat and ball type deal. We're going to move on to baseball season, which is right around the corner. Thank you to the gods of baseball for allowing there to actually be a season this year. It was kind of looking like there wasn't going to be for a little bit there, but the heavens opened up and revealed a beautiful thing that we like to call baseball. Back to everybody. Spring training has begun like a week ago, I think, or two weeks ago now, but... Season starts in two weeks, and how oh man, I'm more excited for this season than I've been in a very, very long time. Not to say I'm always not excited for baseball season in general, but as a Ranger fan specifically, seeing our infield that we have in Simeon and Seager, that is just beautiful to see. Um, will obviously be a better year than, uh, hopefully, than a 58-104 last year. Not fun being a Rangers fan then but you know we've kind of become accustomed to that as fans that uh, the Rangers perennially get their asses handed to them so (sighs) is what it is in that regard but you know watching spring training the Rangers have yet to lose a game yet Uh, and I'm not gonna like jump to conclusions in the spring because that's a dangerous thing to do but you know they've been everything that we have expected them to be offensively especially Corey Seager. He has two home runs this spring. 
Um, just a lot of good to go around for the Rangers because it, last season in 2021, it's spring training that it didn't even look good. Like it was one of those years where you're like, okay, yeah, this team is not going to win a lot of ball games, and they didn't. You know, I think last year was to just kind of introduce the fans to the new stadium, and now this year is a year to do something. Am I setting my my uh, expectations in the atmosphere? No. I mean, the rotation, as is, it hasn't really been set. I think the fourth guy they're still looking for. But if we're going to go over the rotation, it's John Gray, Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, and then for four and five, it's like a gauntlet. It's a big gauntlet because you got guys like that have been signed and a whole lot of different people in that, the minor leaguers from last season, you know. It's going to be a gauntlet. Kohei Arihara, you never know if he's going to do anything. Um, I'm not imagining he does. I think he's probably peaked. He's a major league ball player. Uh, and you have Spencer Howard from the Phillies. They got him in the Kyle Gibson trade, which, you know, another thing that you can't really predict. The bullpen looks fine to me, especially when you get back a healthy Hernandez and the Cleric. You have a lot of good guys in that bullpen uh, Greg Holland, if you can give him, like, you know, he's an old guy, but if you can get Greg Holland to, like, a serviceable old experienced man at the lower end of the bullpen, that's going to help. Garrett Richards, uh, if he can pitch, you know, a fair amount in the, out of the bullpen in a long relief type deal, uh, that will work. But it, it's really the starting rotation that I'm worried about for the Rangers. Um, you'd like to see Glenn Otto come off the... Uh, Morose that he has kind of started with in his MLB career, you know, and the same thing for Howard and Dunning. You want to see Howard, Dunning, and Otto play well, but that may be asking a lot, you know, because these guys are are very not particularly young, like mid twenties guys that have a ceiling that really you're not sure about yet, you know. You, you want to say that their their ceiling is super high and their ceiling is going to be oh, they're going to be so good and these guys are going to be serviceable. We haven't seen anything that tells us if Otto Dunning or Howard are going to be serviceable arms. In my opinion, Taylor Hearn has proven himself. Out of the bullpen, as a starter, I think Taylor Hearn has proven himself. And if he struggles as a starter, just move him back to the bullpen. He's a valuable piece there. So Taylor Hearn is the least of my worries. It's those three guys that I mentioned. And you got to figure that, you know, this rotation is going to get a hell of a lot better in the future because the offense is pretty much set, well, at least the infield for a little bit. You know, Marcus Simeon, Seager, as I mentioned earlier, you'd like to have a better first baseman. Uh, obviously, the Rangers say, shared that sentiment, uh, which I don't know how that made Nathaniel Lowe feel, but they checked in on uh, Matt Olson before that huge package. Um uh, got sent over that was highlighted by, um, oh man, I don't, who was, it? uh, Pache Jr., pardon me, Christian Pache Jr., um, it was high, was the highlight of that deal that sent Olsen to the, to the Braves from the Athletics, so, it's, it's one of those deals, that, there's little things in the offense that you'd like to work out, uh, you know, third base was, a big topic of discussion and continues to be who's going to play third, who's at first, <laughs> who's going to play um, third base. Because 
you know, Andy Abanez, I think he batted like 279 last season, ha- showed some pop in his bat. You don't know how good Andy Abanez is, and that's a lot of the story. It's like I talked about with the pitchers, that's a lot of the stories with batters as well. You know, Nick Solak looked like he was going to be really good, but, you know, the last two seasons have not been Nick Solak's greatest. You're looking at him maybe at third. I would, I'm going to think he's going to start on the bench this year, but you're looking at him. Yoni Hernandez showed a little bit of, flashed a little bit of potential, rather, last season, you know. In the outfield, you look at, it's not a fantastic outfield, and it's probably could could use another corner outfielder, you know. I, I wish the Rangers could have gotten Nick Castellanos, for instance, but the outfield um, has a lot of questions. Was Adolis a fad? Um, you know, was Adolis Garcia a fad? Is Cal is Cal Calhoun is Cole Calhoun is he, you know, still a, a serviceable a serviceable player? I can't say that word today. A serviceable. For, okay, I'm gonna just stop trying to say that word. Eli White. They say he looks like a different player in spring training this year. Can he do it in the regular season? Will he even start on the major league roster? Just a lot of questions for the season. And you figure Leody Tavares will be in that outfield at some point in the future, you know, and if he doesn't, then Bubba Thompson will, because Thompson, man, he's looked different this year for, um, for the Rangers in spring training, at least. Uh, I've always been high on Bubba Thompson. I went to a few Rough Riders games. I enjoyed watching him play. Just seems like he's a, a hard working player, and he's certainly a player that has a pretty high ceiling. If he can reach that potential, that will definitely help the Rangers in a big way. So, like I said, it's just a whole lot of questions. The Rangers are, like, I would say two or three pieces away from from being a contending team. Right now, like I said, I'm not going to put their expectations in the stratosphere. I'm going to say lower end wild card this season, and that's being optimistic. Pessimistic is like... 70 and 92 well, while we get the kinks worked out. Optimistic is I would go like 80 and 84, 84 and, uh, and 82. I, no, that's, that's not proper math. 84 and 72, pardon me. So I, what's 84, what's 162 minus 84? We're doing some math on here. One second. All right. Um, <laughs> I can't believe this. Um, seventy-eight. I'm an idiot, but or nine. Yeah, seventy-eight. Eighty-four and seventy-eight. <laughs> this is why I'm not good at math. I had just I just had to do a little math thing. But seventy-four or eighty-four and seventy-eight, I think, is the ceiling for this team this season. I do not think that. Even if the Rangers made the playoffs, that they'd make a deep run, they'd probably make the second wild card game, which is a new addition to the to the uh, MLB this year. That was a part of that big uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, that they had a fourteen team playoff. So there's going to be two wild card games, kind of similar to how it was in 2020, except it's actually going to be a series, I think. But uh, yeah, 84 and 78. At best, uh, 70 and 92 at worst. So, we're going to move on to a different sport. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, because I'm a Seahawks fan, about the Russell Wilson trade. I, you would think that I'm upset about it, because I am a Seahawks fan. I'm not really upset about it. I think it was time for Russ to go. 
that that probably sounds mildly ignorant, depending on who you are. But I think that the Seahawks were at an impasse, and they needed to work on other things than Russell Wilson. Uh, I'd love to say that Malik Willis will fall in the draft to number 12 for the Seahawks to... Uh, to draft him because I'm really high on Malik Willis, but I think his uh, pro day and combine kind of said that he's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board uh, and a top 10 draft pick. So if he falls to number 12, I will be pleasantly surprised and shocked. And I would be shocked if the Seahawks did not take him at number 12 if he falls there because I'm not sold on Drew Locke. I think that is a given. Drew Locke is just not that proven. Uh, I didn't think he was very proven at Missouri. Uh, he obviously didn't prove himself to be anything more than a average, maybe below average quarterback for the Broncos. He has a, an arm. I'm not going to put an adjective in front of that. Drew Locke has an arm. Uh, how accurate is it? How power, How strong is it? Kind of don't know yet. But the Seahawks have a couple of receivers and Lockett and Metcalf that will test Lock if it is indeed Drew Lock that they roll with. It is not impossible that the team drafts a quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe Kenny Pickett falls to 12. You never know. Um, I'm sure Pete Carroll and the, and the Seahawks have somewhat of a plan in, in addressing, rather, their quarterback issue. But if I'm sitting here thinking on my thinking chair, in fact. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, no. Um, I, I'm thinking they're probably not going to get a, a high-end quarterback in this draft. Probably going to roll with Locke. Probably going to have a not-great season. But what bothers me more than the Russell Wilson trade is how they got rid of Will, of Wagner. Do I think it was Wagner's time in, in Seattle? I do. I think that he had been decreasing. I would lo- really like to see Jordan Brooks uh, play a little bit more, try to maybe become Bobby Wagner 2.0. Um, that would be a very good thing to happen. The, the kid is a, well, I say the kid, he's older than me. The guy is, is an absolute ball hawk. He's fast. He, he's just everything you want out of a linebacker. So I think, I think what bothers me about Wagner leaving is not necessarily that he left. It, it's how the Seahawks straight up released him. Uh, obviously Bobby Wagner, uh, showed his displeasure on that on social media, which was completely understanding. Uh, he was a, not attacking the fans or Seattle or anything. He was actually really appreciative to the fans. It was more sad that the Seahawks just straight up released him like that, and I'd be sad too. Kind of that getting that Michael Young Rangers treatment. But um, we're going to move on. And speaking on that Twitter thing, I have become the CEO of deleting Twitter posts. <laughs> Oh, man, it's been bad. So, you know, I think that as I'm growing as a, well, a person and a journalist, uh, the thing that I, I've had to learn is that I've had to slow down instead of trying to be first. Obviously, in the future, I need to be first on things in journalism, potentially. But uh, first, I need to be right. This month especially, and I think it's because I've just been so all over the place, I've been tweeting, then deleting news and tweeting and deleting all these different kind of stuff because of inaccuracies or spelling errors or anything. We're correcting it because I just cannot slow down. I've tried so hard to slow down and, and not rush to get things out. But every time I sit here and see news on Twitter, if I refresh my feed and see news, I'll do I'll 
type it really quick and then like yes and then don't pay attention to it for 10 minutes and go back and say oh damn it i was incorrect so i've had to delete it i am uh i'm losing my marbles over here fellas but uh i'm trying my best to keep it together um i think i've done a pretty good job you know I even fit in a podcast this week because of how good of a job I am. Woo, look at me. But um, I didn't get a spring break last week. Uh, that wasn't very fun. Instead, I covered softball all spring break. I got like two days for my sister's birthday. And um, man, what else? The other day was just me hanging out. But excuse me. Yeah, see, it's all coming back to me in the middle of this podcast. But I just haven't really had a lot of time to do anything that I'd like to do. Um that I would like to do for fun. Uh, I've been working, and my friends and my family are be like, oh, it'll all pay off for you someday. And I'm like, you know, I hope so. If it doesn't, then my late teens and early 20s have been a complete waste. I say early 20s. I just turned 20, so. You never know what will happen. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm sorry about the podcast hiatus again. Uh I think if this uh, podcast has shown you anything, this episode specifically today, it has been that I have not abandoned the podcast. I have just been very busy. I did record an episode a few weeks, or last week rather, um, and I, I didn't really like it that much, so I just didn't release it. Uh, mustered up the courage again today to release another podcast. Uh, I'm probably going to have another sand analysis. <laughs> uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that joke. But um, I'm probably going to have another sand analysis coming here in the next two weeks. That will take a lot to edit. So we'll see. Um, that's about it. That's all I got today. Uh, I've I've talked my way for, I think, like, I think this was a solid 20 to 25 minutes. I don't know. Um one of my coworkers and stuff have been, I've been getting a lot of questions about the podcast. So I'll talk about my podcast and, you know, uh, one of the editors, she asked like, Hey, like, well, I am an editor, but my co-editor asked me a question. She was like, what do you even talk about? I'm like, just whatever I want to. And how long is it? I'm like, I don't know, like 30, 35 minutes. Uh, and then, you know, the lead SID at UNT, the Ulysses communication. Well, yeah. Lead director was like, don't you have a podcast? I'm like, I do, but you know, I don't, I don't talk about anything except useless stuff that I want to talk about. So that's kind of what this podcast is. Um, I've, I did get an increase in listeners recently. So if you're new and listening to this, thank you so much. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, I, I'm sorry that if you just joined, if you joined like last episode, because I had seven new listeners last episode and I'm like, this whole time I'm recording this, I'm thinking, wow, they, they listened to that first episode. Okay. I'll give it a try. And then I didn't release an episode for like a month. So Oh boy, is what it is, I suppose. Uh, if you are one of those people from the previous podcast, welcome back. Uh, I'm gonna, I always say this, but I'm gonna try to be a little bit more consistent. I, I'm trying to be, but being a college student along with a student journalist, and well, I say student journalist, I'm actually getting paid, so a journalist. Um, it is a whole lot to do. Uh, it, it takes up, uh, if not most of my time, all of my time. So, doing school, doing journalism, all this different stuff. I'm, I've been writing a story every day this week to give you some uh, context. Uh, so, if the podcast doesn't release for a while, um, just don't assume that I've quit or anything. 
or if I haven't released a blog post in a while, don't assume that I've quit because I'm probably still doing it. If I do ever quit, which I don't plan on doing, you never know. Life takes you different directions. So you never know what will happen if I ever do decide to quit. You will know. So, you know, that's about it. Uh, my computer turned off. Uh, as always, if you would like to follow the podcast on Twitter and keep up with it, if I do quit, which I won't do, but if I ever did, the first place you'd be able to find it is Podcast on twitter.com. And if you'd like to follow my personal account, if you like Mean Green News or just my random thoughts, uh, follow me at Reed underscore Smith 25. And if you... <laughs> I'm running out of breath. And uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast on Instagram, don't. I'm not even going to give you the Instagram. But if you'd like to follow me personally on Instagram, it is the same as my Twitter, read underscore Smith25. But that will do it today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I gain more listeners this episode. It's kind of been a trend where I keep getting uh, listeners. This is episode number 28. Uh, The last episode was my favorite number. So, and I forgot to mention it. So, anyway. That will be it. Uh, Wherever you are, wherever you may be, whatever time of the day it is, I'm hoping you're having a great day. And if you aren't, then I'm going to throw a softball at my ankle.